I really believe in muses. <laughs> and I think that I have muses and I like to connect to them and I like to connect to the universe and let things come through me rather than feel so controlling over it. Welcome to Neurons to Nirvana, a platform for creative forces that embrace the unconventional and the quest for artistry, humanity, innovation, health, and healing of the mind and soul. Join me, Tom Hartridge, on a journey celebrating experiences unbound by physical borders or traditional norms. From inside the mind to the far reaches of the universe, this is Neurons to Nirvana. In this week's episode, my guest is Stephanie Hunt. Stephanie is a singer, songwriter, and band leader of Buffalo Hunt, a musical group based in Austin, Texas. Stephanie is known for her unique blend of psychedelic rock, folk, and soul that speaks to the deeper aspects of the human experience through her emotionally powerful lyrics and dynamic sound. Her music is both reflective and uplifting. In addition to her music career, Stephanie is an accomplished actress. She has appeared in numerous film and television productions, including Friday Night Lights, Californication, and Glee. In this episode, we discuss her creative process, her experiences as a performer and artist, and her thoughts on the intersection of music, art, and personal transformation. During our conversation, we also delve into her mind and creative vision and discover the inspirations and motivations behind her work as well as being only one part of a powerfully gifted Austin music couple. Stephanie often collaborates with her husband, singer-songwriter Alejandro Rose Garcia, who is also better known as the highly successful artist Shaky Graves. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get to know Stephanie Hunt. Hey, it's Tom Hartridge again, and I wanted to cut in to thank you for tuning in to Neurons to Nirvana. We are so grateful for your support and for joining us on this journey of exploring the intersection of consciousness and creativity. I'm also thankful for your support in tuning in each week. Producing a high-quality podcast takes time, effort, and resources. From booking knowledgeable and engaging guests to editing and distributing each episode, there are many costs associated with bringing you the best content possible. That's where you come in. By donating to the Neurons to Nirvana Buy Me a Coffee page, you can help us continue growing our audience, booking great guests, and covering production costs. Every little bit helps, and we truly appreciate your support. Not only will your donation help us improve the podcast, but it will also give us the resources to continue regularly bringing you thought-provoking and informative content. If you enjoy the show and want to see it thrive, we encourage you to visit the Neurons to Nirvana Buy Me a Coffee page listed in the show notes below and consider donating. Your support means the world to us, and we can't thank you enough for your generosity. Thank you for listening and for your support of Neurons to Nirvana. Stephanie, how are you? I'm really well. How about you, Tom? I'm great. Thanks for asking. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I'm so thrilled that I finally got you to sit down with me. Third (laughs) time's a charm. I know. Look, I'm not great at responding sometimes, but I'm so happy to be here. Do you think you might have ADHD? No. I do. You do? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I've never fully looked into it. I think I have an aversion to screens. 
Yes. Um, I think a lot of people have that issue now. Yeah. It's like the addiction and the aversion at the same time. So I wanted to ask you, when I met you at Sagebrush, yeah. singer-songwriter, how long have you been doing that? Uh, that was the second month I did it. I was doing Monday night songwriter series. And I think I'm going to come back for a couple weeks in March and then again for sure in, uh, by May. But things have gotten a little spotty in terms of I'm going to do some traveling. Um, but it's a really fun thing. I like people coming together for intimate music and making some of my friends or people I don't know that well play solo sets yep. that make them uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important. Do you ever get uncomfortable up there? Always. Really? Yeah. Tell me about it. Um. Well, I think it's just not a normal thing to be on a stage, period. And there's a part of it that's necessary. Like, if I'm not nervous, then I get nervous. Because at this point, I know that it helps me focus and yes. means that I care. And it means that I want to deliver something. And that's why I have stomach issues and like my heart's beating and just try to trick myself into being like, this is because I care. This is because I care. Um, but also sometimes I can just walk on the stage and not think about it as much. Um, it's all a little bit of a mind game, but I just try to be gentle with myself in whatever state I'm in. I mean, it can be a adrenaline rush. And once you're up there and you move forward, you're in a groove. Now, that goes for music, but you've also done acting. When did you get into acting? Uh, I've uh, done acting since I was a kid, kind of the same as music. I started playing violin when I was two, and I started doing community theater stuff about second grade third grade. Um, my mom was a, an off-Broadway actress and my dad was a musician. So it crossed streams right. in me. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, then I moved out to LA, worked in television and film. I still do stuff, just not um, in the same way that I used to. Uh, but yeah, lots of film and television Stuff. How long were you out there, LA? I lived there about seven years. Um, so your new album, I have to ask, "Walking in a TV." Mm -hmm. Does that have to do with that? Yeah. LA? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's so funny because yes, the album's new, but also some of those songs I wrote a bajillion years ago. Right. Like walking in a TV, I wrote it the day that I moved to LA actually um so many many years before I recorded it and put <laughs> it on the record um and it was because I was walking down Hollywood Boulevard and it felt like there was a buzz in the air and it wasn't quiet anywhere and I felt like I was walking in a TV because 
And then it was always to go to these television auditions and blah, 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 blah. So I actually have about four other recordings and weird versions of that song oh, also. Did? Yeah. I, I dig it. It's uh it's very unique. And then I love Apple Tree. Thank you. Um what did you write that a while ago? Because I feel like I just saw the video that came out, what, three years ago? Yeah, it was that video came out. I was going to put the record out um, in 2020. The video came out like towards the end of 2019. And so it was like supposed to be a little bit of a lead up. And then it was like a big lead up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, timing, it's uh, all up to the universe. Um, so, yeah, Apple Tree, though, I wrote also a very long time ago, and it was five steps higher and a lot slower and melancholic. It was like, Apple Tree! <laughs> yeah. um, and then I realized I wanted to make it more rock and roll and find a band that could actually play it and... I'd always wanted to do different tempos with it. And so, yeah, it all went crazy. And, uh, I mean, when you're writing a song, mm -hmm. how often do you tweak it? I always get a kick out because I'm a perfectionist, so it takes me forever to get content or maybe if I'm writing something in, in any manner. It's a little bit of both of the tweaking and the not tweaking. Um, I mean, with Apple Tree, I did tweak it. I wanted it to be a major to minor thing, and I really had heard the melody, and that was... Actually, that is maybe the only song that I've tweaked that hard, where for about a month I would change it every day, and I was really feeling it. Because um, I prefer to just let the chips lie where they will, because... I'm one of those people who doesn't feel like I write the songs. Um, what? Why do you? Why do you feel like that? Because I really believe in muses, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that I have muses, and I like to connect to them, and I like to connect to the universe, and let things come through me rather than feel so controlling over it. Mm -hmm. Even though that's not always what happens that's my goal how many muses do you think you have i don't know if it's a quantifiable energetic force okay so none of them have names or personalities perhaps mm -hmm. <laughs> i think personalities names i'm like names <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel about names. Can you really name something? It's, uh, well, we've been doing it since God knows when. <laughs> <laughs> like, touche, touche. I just mean sometimes, sometimes things are indefinable, and I think it's a an important thing. I mean, think about it. We don't even get to choose our own names. That's what I'm saying. You know? I don't I don't even know if I wouldn't call myself Thomas. <laughs> what would you call yourself? I'm not really sure. Right? I've never really thought of it. Have you thought of it? Like if you weren't oh, yeah. Stephanie. Yeah, I've thought of it. Who would your e alter ego be? 
Oh, well, at this point, Buffalo. <laughs> there we go. Touche. I got, you, I got you to walk into that one. Yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, well, actually, very well, because Buffalo means to confuse. That's Is why that, I chose the name. That's how you came up with Buffalo Hunt? Mm-hmm. Also, it was a suggestion from somebody I was playing music with when I was singing him a new song and he was like, you sound like a dying buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. How There's long a lot ago of was that? Um, I don't know. Uh, five years ago? Okay. I think so. And is that roughly around the time the, that you started as Buffalo Hunt? Well, started calling it Buffalo Hunt. Yeah. What were you before? Just me playing room, so, songs in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not true. You were with uh, Megan Mullally. Yeah. Mullally. Mullally. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. Just uh, that's a tricky one to pronounce, though. Yeah. She always says Mullally like Mullally. Sally. Sally. Yeah. Okay. And what was the name of your group with her? Nancy and Beth. And how long were you guys together? About seven years. We took a three-year break in the middle, and then we'd play basically just for the summer touring season and work up a really fun show, dancing and singing. And Well, do you think you and Megan, are you guys going to get back together? Uh, I don't—not for the time being. I, it's— one of those things where, you know, sometimes a thing runs its course. It's a little question mark. It was a really fun thing, but takes a lot of energy you all to do travel. dance numbers. Yeah. You dance numbers, yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is choreographed. We had headset mics. and. How long did it take? Like, how much work, practice were you, you guys doing? A lot of rehearsals because— um, Megan did the choreography and she was on Broadway and all of these things. So we kind of rehearsed like a Broadway show less than, but for about two weeks we'd rehearse before going on tour. And so I learned a lot about like what it takes to actually do choreography to sing and dance, right. and be upside down <laughs> <laughs> while hitting a note. Um, but the in-between was all loosey-goosey, fun times kind of thing. Uh, you all traveled all over the world, right? Yeah. We played the Sydney Opera House. I saw that, yeah. That was very fun, as you could imagine. Um, and then, yeah, places in Europe, in the UK, and that's about— as far as we went in terms of other countries, though. And uh, have you been able to, have you traveled on a scale like that before? Like since, before or since? No, I actually don't like touring very much. Um, I mean, I would tour if it were going to be amazing. But with my own band now having four pieces of people. It's too much logistics to try and do. And I just don't believe in paying to play. And until you're at a certain place, that's what is going to be 
for me, I like music to feel fun and energizing and for every show to feel satisfying. And I've been in other bands. I mean, I was in bands since I was 19. Um, and doing the grind in a van touring is just like... It can be brutal. It's not fun. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you point blank. It's not fun. Uh, but it can be fun. It's just... I want to preserve the fun of music and of my band loving each other. <laughs> right. You don't want to ruin that chemistry mm -mm. where you're at each other's throats and so forth. So when did you move to Austin? I'm from here. You're from here? I'm from here. I thought you were from like South Texas, I read. I was born in Brownsville, Texas. Okay. Well, like South Padre Island. And then we moved to Austin when I was seven months old. Oh, okay. So, so you're I'm definitely from Definitely <laughs> from Austin. <laughs> and then lived here all my life until going to L.A. when I was 21. And, I mean, if you're from here, what are your thoughts? I always ask musicians, in particular, like, Austin, how much has it changed? Does it concern you? Like, you, this could be a very long answer. Um, Bring it. <laughs> uh, oh, I love it. I hate it. <laughs> and I also have kind of resolved to not wanting to complain about it anymore. Because, well, growing up here, well, to answer your, the first part of your question, absolutely, Austin has changed. So much. Right. Of course. Um, you know, so many venues I loved and grew up in sneaking into when I was 17 don't exist. They're gone. And that was like what I was very lucky to be able to go to all of these crazy shows. When I was in high school, I was basically just going to shows every night because my older sister plays music, too. Um, and so that's gone. What? What's good is that we have good restaurants now, because I will say we didn't have great restaurants growing up. Um, and then when I moved to L.A., I was really pissed at Austin. I was like, this place doesn't realize what it is. It's dumb. It's not a real city. I mean— Why did you think it was not a real city? Well— I still kind of think it's not a real city. Lacks diversity. Yes. Very whitewashed. Yes. We don't have culture aside from, I mean, the culture gets swept away constantly more and more and more and more. And that's a continuous thing. And especially once I moved to L.A., I was like, oh, this is a city. And then I actually, coming back to Austin, was like, I'm a little— I get. I personally get scared when there's just a lot of white people everywhere. I'm like, I, something's not right. Um, yeah. So yeah, that and I was like, this place is like, we're so cool. We're the live music capital <laughs> of the world. And but it felt to me like a 13 year old boy who just hit puberty and thought he was super hot and knew nothing. <laughs> and so I was like, you know nothing. You know nothing of how to have a city. And then, you know, meeting people in L.A. Mm -hmm. who were from Austin that were like lived here in the 70s. And they said, 
it, are people still complaining about Austin changing? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. And realizing that I also didn't know something that had happened before. And I've actually talked to Joe Nick Potoski about this. You know him? No. He wrote a book called From Austin to ATX, and he's kind of like the foremost historian about Austin. And he he was like, as long as somebody can get excited coming off the airplane, going to the broken spoke, I don't have a problem with new people moving in our town. And the joy that other people bring to seeing what is real about our city is valuable. So now I feel more like an ambassador, self-imposed uh, <laughs> and nominated um, of kindness and having existential conversations with strangers. That's one thing I think is the culture of Austin and just upholding the flag of what I think Austin is rather than complaining about it disappearing. Yeah, I don't think it's well, it's definitely not disappearing. <laughs> like with all the growth, what concerns me is we have so many transplants. One of the reasons why I moved here was the vibe with creativity and whether it be comedians, music, of course. Uh, I just don't want that to go away. That's what I'm talking about disappearing. When I just see tech bros everywhere, I'm like, y'all yeah. are not here for what I'm here for and for what this place fosters. And that makes me concerned. Yeah, that's what. That's why, well, I got you to finally say it. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I mean. So I just like to stand for that rather than complain about disappearing. But I do fear it disappearing. Honestly, all I can do is try to do things like songwriter night at Sagebrush, cultivating a chill vibe for creatives. Yes. And so many talented artists that I've never, that when I went the night I met you, all of those guys were great guys and girls, which is amazing. And, uh, they are true artists. And that's what I, I'm concerned about is these really talented artists who aren't per se. I mean, what? How many artists do you think there are out in the Austin area that aren't exact? You know, they're not making it, but they're talented enough. They've just a never been discovered. Uh, roughly a bajillion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot. I think it's. Very important to have a stage and to have venues because there is a very, um, what not copacetic, but symbiotic relationship mm -hmm. between musicians who are starting and smaller venues. And if you don't have a stage to develop yourself on and somebody who's asking you to be on that stage and a place to, you know, mature or see who you are or what you are then yeah you might just get in your own head and stay sit in your bedroom and convince yourself that you don't 
need to be creative anymore. And a lot of our smaller venues have gone away that do that and hold that space. And then if you're just having like musicians play in a corner during food hours because you're a new fancy restaurant mm -hmm. and you think it's cool to say you have live music but you <laughs> don't have good sound or anything then that's also not that helpful of a space so um yeah i to answer yeah i think that there's a lot of people and the awareness around the importance of venues and the small in-betweens yeah. is sometimes lost on everyday thinkers or even artists themselves. Unless somebody asks you to go on that stage, you might not ever realize that's what you need to do. Now, we haven't talked about it. Is your husband going with you to Mexico yes. City? Nice. Yes. And uh, Alejandro, Shecky Graves, how long? Now, he's touring. Yeah, not until like April of right. this year. I saw he's going to some festivals. When did you all meet? Oh, wow. It's kind of a long story. Um, I guess the short answer is that we fell in love at Utopia Fest eight years ago. That's awesome. Yeah. Utopia Fest is the shit. Mm -hmm. And uh, Travis and Wayne, they welcomed me. They gave me backstage access and so sweet yeah and i interviewed a number of bands oh yeah i remember that and uh that was going to be one of my questions is when i interviewed carrie fussell from uh calliope musicals love carrie she's awesome she was telling me about a song that you and erica weinerstrom from heartless bastards mm -hmm. wrote together the three of you we did where is it is it going to surface um, it only exists in voice memos on my phone at this point. Bust it out. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'd have to remember the name of it. It's a really cool song. I I just remember the chorus right now. Um, it, I don't. I honestly don't remember what it's called. But it was a really sweet. None of us really write together a lot but I had just finished um, or write with anybody ever a lot um, but I just finished hosting a veteran songwriting retreat which I do with my sister with Soldier Songs and Voices do you know that organization? No, tell me about it. Soldier Songs and Voices is something that Dustin Welch started years ago and it basically combines guitars and veterans and music venues and has weekly songwriter circles. And they've been doing all these studies now and found these amazing benefits to writing a song and the impact that can have on somebody and make them like 50% less suicidal and all very, wow. very awesome. powerful. Um, and just the cognitive abilities and relationships that it fosters so we've known Dustin for a long time and my sister and I had been putting on these songwriter retreats so we asked if we could put on like a capstone event for his organization and so now we've been doing it for seven years and we do it uh, 
out in Hallettsville, Texas on a really cool ranch. And it's about 20 uh, veterans come out and would bring a lot of songwriters in like Susan Gibson and um, Kevin Welch. And my sister and I are also coaches and all these amazing people. But yeah, we write songs with veterans and it's sort of inexplicably profound and beautiful. And so anyway, I had just finished that. So I was like, come on, let's write a song. I need to hang out with you guys and write a song. For some reason, I called both of them. And so we went over and wrote a song one afternoon. And hopefully it'll resurface. And somewhere it exists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, if okay, if I can find it, I'll at least give you a second of it. Yeah, if I could include it, that'd be the shit. You know, the chorus is very cool. I know it's about growing and not being overly manicured, letting yourself be natural, basically. Something about Mother Mary and... Look, I'm doing a terrible <laughs> job. <laughs> it's all right. Okay. What uh, Utopia Fest... Are you, are you, you think you'll, are you going to do one of the next two? There's only two left. I know. Um, Perform? I don't know that I'm going to. I don't remember when the dates are. Do you remember when the dates are? So the next one is in May, first weekend of May. I think it's May 4th, 5th, and 6th. Look, you're going to get me in trouble if I am. I'm get you in trouble. Because what if I Look, I Even would have better. to look at my calendar because I honestly don't know what I'm doing until I look at my calendar. Yeah. <laughs> so, How often do you look at your calendar? Every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't I don't look at my calendar every day. Oh, I got to make sure cuz I put someone tells me and then I put it in and then I don't think about it and then I look at my calendar and I'm like, "Oh, I have something." Or I'm like, I don't have something. Or like last week, you just, you weren't feeling well. No, I was not feeling well. <laughs> you sounded pretty rough. It was an allergy attack and cold weather. It was after Shaky Graves Day. And mm -hmm. there were three shows, one of which I opened for Alejandro and then yeah, the last one was a freezing cold show outside. Lots of screaming and talking to people all night. And then I realized I do have allergies, but I wanted to make sure it was not COVID because I kind of couldn't talk the next day. And <laughs> right. took a test and then I was like, oh, I'm actually not sick. I only feel sick when I go outside because this is allergies. Was it cedar, you think? I think, yeah, cedar. I'd never experienced that until I... I think it was the second year I lived here, and it just hit me like a frying pan. It's no joke. It's, it's no joke. It's very regional, though. I know, and it's uh, it's a, not a great feeling. But what's fun is blowing your nose, <laughs> <laughs> blowing your nose, and uh, trying to write music. How often do you write music? Um, does it ju just yeah. come to you naturally? It does. I try to, sometimes I'll like really set the mood 
you know, light a candle, um, conjure the muses. But I like to kind of just be open anytime. I mostly just start singing melodies while I'm driving or walking or sometimes a melody will come to me while I'm eating dinner with somebody and I'm like, I don't want to make a deal about it, but I'll just say I got to go to the bathroom and then I'll sing in my phone. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to, I mean, now with technology, do you carry around a notebook or you just use your phone? Uh, I do both, but um, I mean, the phone thing's kind of nice in a pinch because for sure. I have all these like very whispery, like, and the one is like very me being quiet. One's in the airport, you know. Yeah, airport. Mm-hmm. I I am like I need to not lose my phone because there's a lot of stuff on there. How much do you think that you like these nuggets, gold nuggets of thoughts, uh, sounds? I guess. <laughs> How many of those do you think you still have not used? Like if you were to lose your phone. Oh, I would say I haven't used 70%. Oh, wow. I got a lot. Got a lot. And I have two albums of unreleased music also. When do you think we'll get to hear that? <laughs> well, I'm. It's it's like the rollout plan and the back end is not... As easy as you'd think if you want to actually put it out correctly. Um, so it is a bit of a question mark, but I hope by the, at, at latest this time next year, but um, hopefully I can release a date. It'd be cool for it to be this fall. Um, also, sometimes I'm like, why don't I just put out everything? Look, who's making these rules? Well, so is it more on you, like being a perfectionist or not sure if you want to share it to the world? No, I'm sure I want to share it to the world. There are um, some edits that need to be done. It's complicated, but I don't want it to be complicated. I, I'm just fascinated not being a musician. Mm-hmm. How It takes so much time and effort. I feel like a lot of people don't realize how hard it is to produce and create music. Seriously. Now, um, so I'm just fascinated by it. I love it. My favorite part is being in a studio and recording music. I'm great at that. I'm great at that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, it, you know, it's it's just... I have a certain standard of human people that I don't want to work with non-human people, if that makes sense. <laughs> Maybe. And you want to elaborate so, on that one, non-human people? Machines, <clears throat> you know, feeding a machine. Not great at that vibe. Um, Are we talking about like Spotify? talk about the matrix the matrix no uh just dealing with local labels smaller more human people means that there are more steps that you have to do and more initiative that you have to take to even inspire them to keep going 
and to tell them who you are and keep yourself inspired while keeping them inspired rather than going to a place where they're like, this is what we're going to do. This is our marketing rollout. This is when we're doing this. This is so there are certain costs to being a person who wants to have artistic and humanitarian um, standards that means it takes longer. What label? What's the name of your label? Nine Mile Records. Who else is on that uh, label? Um, there is Sir Woman's on that That's label. Right. Yeah, they're, they're really, really sweet people. Yeah, I love, I love Sir them. Woman. Yeah. And, child too. Well, exactly. And I also work with Space Flight for a different band that I have. Which is another local label yep. that's a nonprofit, and they kind of cross streams a little bit in terms of their resources, and it's not like a competitive thing here in Austin. Yeah, no, I didn't sense that it was. I felt like it was more of a community. That is what it is. Uh, which is what I love. So, what do you have? We talked about your albums, but what about shows? What do you have coming up? I'm playing with Sir Woman and Dancy Jenkins. When? Next Thursday at Continental. Nice. Now, I don't know when you're airing this. What is time? Uh, we will be airing this actually that night. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So you all missed the show. <laughs> so you'll miss the show. You'll miss the show. Um, and then I'm playing a benefit on March 5th with... Uh, that Graham Wilkinson's putting on and the Heartless Bastards are playing and it's going to be a hot spot. Okay. You know, spelled hot spot. Right. <laughs> hot spot. H-A-U-T-E. Um, or you, H-A-U-T-E-T. No. Is it? Hot. Hot. Yes. Hot. You got the pronunciation right. Thank you. And then you're not going to be here for South by, obviously. Not going to be here for South by, and doing some things in April, and then the songwriter evening is returning at the end of March. I think it'll be the first and the last week of March. I feel look the the best way to know no pressure is to look at my instagram <laughs> for sure um because i do post about the shows a lot on there and this monday night songwriter thing is coming back i just basically march and april are a little finicky well keep it up thank you <laughs> we don't need to lose that but uh well i'm going to give you the last remarks you have the floor. You want to say anything before you drop the mic? Man, okay. Um, well, I want to say it in conclusion because I do feel like thinking about what I've said today, it could feel a little bit harsh maybe about all on all fronts, about music industry, about shows, about venues, about Austin. And I just want to say that I... I'm grateful. I'm very grateful at the end of the day for all of the people that I work with and that I play with and that I know and who do exist in the community 
and who are keeping Austin alive with its soul intact. And above all, I am an optimist at the end of the day. Good. Yeah. I like to say forced optimist. Forced optimist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess. I, I agree with that because if you're not an optimist, I don't know what you're doing because you just want to assume that it's going to go bad. I'm a realist. Yes. But I think you have to have optimistic tendencies in order to try. Of course. What else do we have? Well, listen, Stephanie, I can't thank you enough. I can't thank you enough. Hey, listeners, as always, thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed our show and want to help us bring you even more great content, please consider supporting us by donating to our Buy Me a Coffee page. Your contributions will go a long way towards covering the production costs and continuing to bring on high-quality guests in the future. Our page link is in the show notes below. I want to thank Stephanie Hunt for joining me, and I look forward to sharing our great content in next week's episode with you. Until next time, I'm Tom Hartridge, and this is Neurons to Nirvana. Nirvana.